up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show on January 6th, 2020. This is the second podcast episode of the year, and the biggest weekend in sports of the year so far just occurred, NFL wildcard weekend. We got so much here to digest, and we will get into it shortly, and then we will preview the divisional round of the playoffs. In addition to that, I've got, I know it's been a long time since I've done some baseball coverage, but fear not, folks, I will have some MLB offseason coverage coming later this week, so keep your eye out for that. At this time, I would like to welcome in our guest for today, returning for the second straight podcast, Jordan Morandini. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm back. Jack, you couldn't get rid of me. (laughs) (laughs) Two for two so far in 2020. Yeah, that won't last too long. Don't get I was used to say, it. Not, yeah, I was going to say, not that anyone's <laughs> keeping track or anything, but I did just want to throw that out there. Oh. Thanks for having me again, Jack. Oh, great as always. Great to have you here. Let's get it. Let's get it. Big, big weekend. What was the best and worst of the weekend that you saw? Ooh, Jack, you put me on the spot there. Uh, <laughs> let's have you do it first and then come back to me. <laughs> All right. So best thing I saw from the weekend, really a two-parter. Kirk Cousins getting the win, winning his first playoff game. Really a cool stat here is three of the four playoff games this weekend were won by quarterbacks who had never won a playoff game before. How about that? Yeah, very, very impressive. And I was almost 100% certain you were going with Kirk Cousins (laughs) as your favorite part of the weekend. Well, (laughs) that was essentially a lock. Only second to TJ Watt's amazing appearance at the Texans game. That was pretty great. That was awesome. Did you see him live tweeting after yeah. JJ's sack? <laughs> I actually went to Twitter just to see if yeah. he actually did, like if that's what he was doing, and he, exactly what he was doing. It was exactly what he was I did the same exact thing, and there was a great little anecdote there about him and JJ wrestling like the day before the playoffs, so anything involving brothers and clowning around, I'm all, I'm all for that. Yeah, they they definitely get along really, really well. And yeah, I follow J.J. Watt on a social media, too. And him and TJ were just hanging out, I think, the night before the game, too, um, with, I think, both of their wives. And it just looked like, you know, a, a good time. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to, love to hang out with those guys. They seem fun. When's the last time you wrestled with your brothers, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't say that that I've done that in, in a, a long time, Jack. Yeah, how, about, how about you? You and Timmy ever, uh, you and Timmy ever battle it out? It's been about, it's been about 15 years probably, but yeah, we had some good rough houses. Who was the winner? Who was the winner of those battles? Oh, always older brother. Always older brother. Thank you. And we're going to stick that same, that same way with my conversation as well. (laughs) There's no chance Griff's listening, so. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my best of the weekend. Worst of the weekend. Really, I got a few here. Number one, just the the final three minutes or so of regulation in the Houston game. What I saw from both coaches that was uh, that was ugly. Yeah, and I a little bit surprising, honestly, because uh, heading into that game, I thought McDermott was the far superior coach, and I thought he was going to kind of excel in that role in his first career playoff game. And yeah, I, I would agree with you both, and and not overly surprising with the Texans and Bill O'Brien. Um, but both of that, I mean, it was pretty much a near disaster from both sides there. <laughs> also the saints 
Saints fans, their appearance, their showing yesterday in terms of complaining for another pass interference. I mean, come on. That was not anything like what last year was. It's not a playoff game if you specifically a Saints playoff game if it doesn't come away with some frustrated fans, Jack. <laughs> How many so, times has that been the case in like the last five or six years? <laughs> well, they missed it. Uh, so over the last five years, they missed the playoffs for two years. Mm-hmm. In the last three years, it's been three straight disappointments, two involving the Vikings. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk and then uh, has Zimmer been there for all, both of yeah, them? He yeah, has, right? Case yeah, Keenum. So Zimmer, Zimmer is the Saints killer. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, yeah, the Case Keenum. That was the Diggs play, right? Oh, man, that was probably my favorite play that I've seen. Uh, I could have put that as my favorite play of the decade on that all-decade yeah, podcast. Yeah, and, and now, yeah, now that you mentioned all-decade, too, it was one of the sickest pictures of the like of the decade, too, sports-wise. The one where Diggs is tossing his helmet after he yeah. scored. There's a really, really sick photo of that that I saw. There was a really cool Twitter thread with all of like the really awesome of the decade sports photos you know the lebron and wade one was in there and the stefan Diggs one post that touchdown was in there awesome awesome photo if you haven't seen that definitely check it out it is so cool and then sean white actually channeled his stefan Diggs a few weeks later at the olympics and did something similar after he won the half pipe so it was cool to see that continue in the olympics i didn't see that i'm gonna be honest <laughs> talking to the wrong guy about that yeah <laughs> connor connor's listening and he's like oh my gosh jordan why didn't you watch that yeah i, I let i let you down there jack i apologize <laughs> uh last worst of the weekend i would just say that entire seattle philly game uh it was close but the fact that wentz had to go out in the first quarter was just it was a it was a bummer and it's it's still is crazy to me that they chose that to be the primetime game on Sunday. It made no sense. I mean, I, we even talked about it a little bit. We were like, yeah. eh. you know, I, we thought maybe I thought, I mean, I think we both thought the saints Vikings made a lot more sense there. Um, they went for the coaching matchup and potentially, I guess, quarterback matchup because cousins is so underrated. There you go, Jack. There's a little <laughs> shout out. Um, but, but yeah, it was, and you know, it was so disappointing when Wentz went down. And I know we're going to talk about it more as we get into this, but that yeah. was definitely one of the letdowns of the weekend. All right, you want to give me your best and worst of the weekend? You got a good idea of how this format goes? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one of my best of the weekend was Deshaun Watson after being down sixteen nothing. I thought he was absolutely magnificent <laughs> yeah. um, down the stretch. He had a, that great, great twenty yard touchdown run. Had the really good touchdown pass as well. And I thought, you know, after, you know, the Bills were up 16-0, you were starting to question maybe is this game going to be a blowout? Um, And just a fantastic, fantastic job to outscore um, them, what, 19-6 to in the second half because it was, what, 13-0 at half, I think, Um, to come all the way back against that defense. I thought Deshaun was a great story this weekend. Yeah. And your worst of the weekend? One more uh, great of the weekend, too. Yeah, just one more. I think Derrick Henry deserves a, a oh, shout-out. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about putting a team on your absolute back, he was just absolutely fantastic from start to finish. And really, Jack, I think the, maybe the most intriguing thing about this was heading in, you would have thought Belichick's game plan was to do whatever he had to do to stop Henry and to make Tannehill beat him. And honestly, I think Henry, and we're going to talk about it more, and I want to get into this when we talk about the game, the Titans O-line, 
they were so dominant to the point where it, I don't think Bill's game plan really mattered. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. five, six yards a touch every single touch. Um, he ended up with, what, 182 yards. So I think Derrick Henry was a clear, clear, um, just a, a winner of the weekend if you want to go there. <laughs> All right. I can't disagree with either of those picks. Uh, both those guys. Can't believe I didn't mention Henry either at the top. <laughs> right, you only had two, so it's fair enough. Yeah. There, there but, were four games. Yeah, and that's why I have you helping me with this. Exactly. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so, so one of my, what are we calling these? The worst of the weekend, the worst of the weekend. So obviously one of mine was the Wentz injury that just kind of took the juice out of that game. Um, and just really frustrating, especially from him from a standpoint of, wow, he's finally healthy heading into a postseason. He gets to play his first postseason game at home. And that happens so early in that game too. And I'm, the hit was a little bit frustrating too, Jack. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more too. But um, I didn't love the hit there from Dejavian Clowney. Um, so that stay was tuned, one of my, folks. That's gonna be good. Yeah, that was one of my worst of the weekend. And another one, I gotta go to the Patriots offense. <laughs> I mean, in all reality, I mean this is like what we said. I talked about it. The Titans defense was not a very good defense heading into this game, and the Pats offense was just anemic throughout i mean they got the field goal on what the first drive they had the one nice td drive um but apart from that i mean they forced a bad Tannehill pick that put them at midfield and didn't score off it um it was just you you just really wondered what the issue was and honestly i mean heading in this was not an offense that's been lighting it up all year but you thought maybe they would figure it out in a home playoff game against a defense that you know isn't that great and Jack, they were, I would put the Pats defense right up there with my worst of the week or Pats offense. Sorry, with up there with my worst of the weekend. All right. And now let's get into that Patriots and Titans game. This is a perfect point to pivot over to that game. The Patriots earliest elimination in the playoffs since 2009. Unbelievable. 10 years where they every single year since 09. They've at least been in the divisional round, and this well, it, year it helps they haven't played many wild cards. Well, yeah, this is their that was the first time they played in a wild card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they lost at home, and now we're hearing it. Is it the end of the dynasty? And Jordan, I felt kind of weird just after that game because I had conflicting feelings. Did, how'd you feel after that game? I honestly, I'm going to be quite honest. With you, I th- felt like the better team won that football game. Yeah. Um, that that's from top to bottom. I thought the Titans were better in every phase, to be quite honest with you. The Titans defense shut out the Pats in the second half. We talked about Henry and how good he was, but Jack, I do really want to shout out the Titans offensive line. I thought they were fantastic in this game. It's not like Henry was just barreling over the offensive linemen. There were holes and Henry was hitting them. Uh, I thought the Titans offensive line deserves a serious shout out. They were great. Um, Tannehill, I mean, look, he was not good, in my opinion. I'm not sure how you felt about his game. Well, you uh, know, he, I don't know if this has happened before. He didn't even throw for 75 yards and he got the I win. Know. Has so that 72 ever happened? Yards, yeah. 72 yards, and I think, I could be wrong. No, I'm, I'm looking at the, his leading wide receiver had six yards in this football game. <laughs> <laughs> that six has yards. to be an all-time low. That, that has to. has to be an all-time low. Now, I do want to make the point, though. 
he made two really, really good throws in this football game, and both were at very crucial points. He had the TD pass early in the game to Ferkser, who I think is their backup tight end, or I think they, when they run their two tight end sets. Um, and along with that, he had a big, big third down throw late in that ball game to Ferkser as well. Um, so he was kind of their go-to. He was Tannehill's go-to guy in the big spots in that game. But those two throws kind of saved the performance for Tannehill because they ended up being the key to them winning this football game. Um, but, well, wow, I mean, just a, a wild, wild game, Jack. And like I said, I, I think the better team won here. Yeah, I, they were the better team. I felt a little weird. I woke up in the middle of the night. It was around 4.35 a.m. So maybe not middle of the night, but early morning. And I was like, I had to go to the bathroom. I was like, did that actually happen? Did I just dream that to the Patriots actually lose? Because I, I still couldn't believe it. And I was in that moment disappointed just because I was looking ahead at some of these matchups next week on the AFC side. And I really wanted to see that Patriots-Chiefs game. And I really think that every year the Patriots add an extra layer of excitement to it. So I was a little disappointed in that regard, just looking at what are we going to have to talk about moving forward? Because we got a lot of great content to talk about today from this game. But now for what? Did we lose the big story? Because we no longer have the Pats in these playoffs. But then we get to Sunday and then the Vikings win. I'm like, okay, now we're having a playoffs where just crazy stuff is happening. I'm all for this. If we're going to have, like, I don't want to just lose one team and then have, like, all the other big teams remain, all the high seeds remain. But if we're going to do March Madness style, have some Cinderella-type runs here, road teams, winning games, I'm all for it. Let's do this thing. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned March Madness because when you were going through that spiel there, that's exactly what I thought. It was, like, one of those, like, the 12 beating the fours and you're like, wow, we really missed out on that four or five matchup down the road or something along those lines. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of what this opens up, but I think the difference here, Jack is, and we touched on it a little bit. I, I get the element the Patriots bring, but the Titans have been on fire. This is a good football team. And we're going to say the, I'm going to say the exact same thing about the Vikings. When we talk about them, these are two really, really good six seeds. So it's not like these are yeah. six seeds that kind of snuck in and we're yeah. playing decent football and, you know, somehow, some way won a football game on the opening weekend. These are two really good football teams. So I don't think it takes away from maybe the quality of the games heading into the next round. Yeah, I'm mainly just looking at it from the branding standpoint. The storyline, yeah, yeah, the storyline. And stuff. I think for us, people who are big football fans like you and me and Connor and Chase and everyone who's come on this podcast – we all we like seeing crazy stuff happen. We like getting those underdog stories. We like we can appreciate. Look at this Titans team. They might not have as big of a brand, but they're playing better right now than the Patriots are, and they deserve to be here. But to the common viewer who might not tune into every single game and might just watch the playoffs, I just think if you're looking at AFC title game on Sunday, on a Sunday on conference championship weekend. The, you're going to watch the Patriots, whether you love them or hate them, because they're just so polarizing. Yeah, and I think, of course, them with the Chiefs would have been a really intriguing matchup to literally everybody. That would have been one of the biggest games of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but again, we've seen some 
Cinderella type runs in the NFL playoffs the past couple seasons. I, I mean, obviously the Nick Foles run kind of is the first <laughs> one that comes to mind. The, they were a one seed though. That's what's so funny. I know, but you feel like it was, and yeah. I mean, everybody feels like it was kind of a Cinderella run after you lose the MVP type season that Wentz was having. So uh, I think the NFL playoffs, while you know you always want to dream of those monster games, you never really always seem to get them. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't happen too often, and it's because, you know, on any given day, a team can be better than the other one, and that's what we saw twice with two six seeds. And I think the fact that they lost, and I, I guess I was looking at it also just from the, the lens of if this is actually it, if this was Brady's last ever game, if this was Belichick's last ever game with the Patriots, what what does this all mean? Is it all over, and for what? Like, I wouldn't want to see that dynasty just go out like that I want to see them win a Super Bowl or lose in the Super Bowl at least get deeper but now a couple days removed I've been a little more rational about it and look we can talk about this now I personally I cannot see Tom Brady retiring after that being his last career game I think he's coming back I think it the having them lose something like this every once in a while adds to the suspense adds to the intrigue makes it makes you appreciate it more when they do succeed. Now, we don't know if they're going to ever get back to where they were, but I am I think Tom Brady is going to be on the field next year for the Patriots. Well, no, let's not act like as well that this team was like a, a huge declining team yeah. this year. I yeah. mean, they ended up winning 12 games, won the division. Um, I'm with you. I can't see a scenario where Brady retires. And to be quite honest with you, Jack, I know there's a lot of talk and I've even jumped into some of it as well of, Oh, Tom (laughs) would look great in this Jersey or, you know, he may fit really well here. I personally can't really see Brady playing anywhere, but new England um, before he retires and Belichick as well. I, I can't see that combination really breaking up until Tom ends up calling it quits. I just can't see Robert Kraft being okay with either of those guys leaving the organization. I can't see him being like, oh, you know what, Brady, you're washed, you're done. I think Bob Kraft is going to be like, look at look at what this guy has done for us for 23, you know, 22 years. I think next year would be year 23 of his career. And if he wants to keep going for it, let's give him the weapons. Let's get a couple more dynamic receivers and playmakers on this offense get him a new Gronk, get him another kind of uh, Amendola type guy who can just catch passes for him, or maybe even a bigger weapon as his arm is starting to decline just a little bit here. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And I'm with you. I mean, you can look at this and be like, yeah, Brady wasn't great this year, but let's run it back with that type of weapon and let's not completely blame Tom here. Um, clearly he could have declined a little bit. Um, but let's give, I mean, I'm not ready to completely count Tom Brady out until I see him with some weapons. Um, and then struggles. Let's see. So whether they go out and sign, you know, there's a couple of big name free agent, whether they go out and sign an AJ green, or wow. you know something along those lines. I mean, he's a free agent. He's probably going to want big money. But yeah. Um, well, they had the money it, for AB. Where's that money? They, true. True. <laughs> I think in AB's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he ended up. I don't think he got all of it. Um, I mean, that's like twelve and a half million dollars that you could put yeah. towards a receiver next year. I would think. 
Yeah, and you have to wonder. I mean, they drafted one this past year, Nikhil Harry. He was kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a bust, but he was kind of a disappointment in his rookie season, um, given how some of the other rookie receivers around the league produced. Because I think they took him at the end of the first round last year. So that means A.J. Brown, who was a second rounder, and Metcalf, too, were both taken after him. Wow, how different maybe this season looks if you get Tom Brady one of those two. Um, but, yeah, I, I would agree with you 100%. I think you need to run it back. Um, and the great thing about Tom, too, I, I said this in a chat, I feel like they kind of let Tom down a little bit this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you agree, but I, I feel like they let him down in what they surrounded with him on offense. I think they counted on that defense being, you know, as dominant as it was. And it was, you know, a top two, top three defense in the league pretty much all season. But I think they kind of thought Tom was going to be able to make enough with whatever he was given. Um, and at 42 years old, he, he just doesn't have the arm strength anymore. Yeah. And that's the thing. That. In the past, he has been able to win without Gronk in the Super Bowl with the with really not the kind of weapons you see a lot of these quarterbacks winning with. And that's what's made him so great. But yeah, you you look at Peyton's final years in Denver. Peyton had so many weapons in Denver that really was enabling him to keep it going and be able to make so many smart reads and great plays and. That's what they need to do. Now, maybe they don't have the same kind of money because, I mean, look, Peyton had Demarius Thomas, Wes Welker, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I was going to say Sanders, yeah. That was a great receiving core. I don't know if this Patriots team is able to go out and get that kind of a core, but I think they can do something, at least get them a couple more weapons. I do think they did let them down in that regard. It's a really, really good free agent class for tight ends. Um, with Hunter Henry, Tyler Eifert, uh, and there's two other big-name tight ends, uh, Hooper from Atlanta. So there's a lot of big-name tight ends that are hitting free agent market. Tom always has used tight ends extremely well. I would not be surprised if they approach that in free agency either. Yeah. Let's talk about this a little bit here from the Titans' perspective because I know that the Titans fans, especially one that we know, had to hear everything about this game being about the fall of an empire and everything. And there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about what the Titans did in this game. Now, you brought up how they won. I want to bring up some stuff that we saw from Vrabel in this game that we talked a little bit about how Bill has struggled against former players of his and assistants. And now I believe he's either 13 and 13 or 14 and 14 all time. That's regular season and postseason against guys who played or coach underneath him. And Vrabel was pulling out all the stops in this game. Had you ever seen anything like that punt? The the whole scenario in the fourth where he yeah. was. Uh, yeah, by Bill Belichick earlier this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only other time. Uh, look, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Looking back on it, and I talked to Connor about this, too. He's the Titans fan we always talk about on this podcast. For those of you who don't know, he's been the guest here. Um, but I talked to him. That was kind of risky, Jack, looking back on it. Because the Pats were getting the football back. What if Brady orchestrates a really long drive and you need an extra 45 seconds at the end of the game? It was a one-point game. Yeah. So I was looking back on it, and I was like, wait. <laughs> you know, he's going to obviously get praised for it because it paid off really well. But that it was looking back, I was like, eh. I didn't think of that at the time because I was cracking up looking at Bill being frustrated on the sidelines. The thing that I liked about it was just the fact of like 
this is, you know, Frankenstein killing the professor of like, <laughs> look at this monster that I've created. This is a Belichick move. Yeah. <laughs> and Belichick just grimacing. So yeah, he, he was not a happy camper. <laughs> that was a pretty unique moment in that sense. Rabel did some other smart stuff. He really locked them down on the goal line. I think there was at least one time yeah, in the first one half. really, really good stand. Yeah. That was kind of the turning point in the game a little bit, too. Yeah, I think it was. Because so it, it looked like 17-7 if they would have scored a TD there, right? Yeah, and yeah. if you watch that first drive, I texted you before this game. I was like, okay, I know on the podcast you and I said it's going to be close and yada, yada. But then I heard all this, oh, my gosh, the Patriots are over and this is it. And it just seemed to me like it was setting it up for a statement Patriots win we saw them drive down the field twice with ease. And I, I think you're right. If they were able to punch it in there, go up 17 to seven, I really think that game could have turned out a lot differently. Well, it's a game of momentum. And we saw the momentum in the Texans bills game completely swing too. Um, but when you're able to get a goal line stop like that as an underdog in a big road game, um, yeah, it was completely swing. You go from being down potentially 10 to only being down six. Those are the type of things that turn around and get some uh, get some confidence in not only your def- defense, but then the offense is like, oh, that's a heck of a stop. Let's get it going. And that's exactly what the Titans did. Yeah. So let's move over to the other big headliner from the weekend. By the way, really a great weekend. We had three overtime or two overtime games and all four games were decided by one one possession. I, I was going to say one possession or less, but that wouldn't make any sense. one possession is as little as it gets (laughs) (laughs) they were all a one possession one score game two went to overtime really what i thought ended up being the best game of the weekend was that saints and vikings game that we got yesterday yeah and heading in um i mean we both talked about it the spread in this game was so big (laughs) yeah it It, moved over it, it was saints by eight points so, like, there was an expectation that the Saints were going to pretty handedly take care of this football game. And, you know, both, we both were a little confused by that on the initial podcast. And I'm going to be honest with you, Jack. I thought it was going to be a little bit more high scoring than this. But what really impressed me in this game, and this maybe should have been one of mine um, for best of the weekend, was the Vikings defense in this football game. Because this was a Saints offense that coming in was on absolute fire. And... I'll tell you what, for the majority of this football game, the Vikings made a serious, serious statement defensively. And I mean, there's so much talent on that defense, but it seemed like, Jack, they kind of put it together in this in this game. Yeah, it's interesting with their defense because they did allow some long plays and there were some holes, but overall they did a good job. I also was really interested in how Zimmer coached the end of that game because I do think had the Saints won that coin toss, I don't think the I don't think the Vikings would have won that game. Do you? That's the same question we had with what the Chiefs Pats last year in, in the AFC title game. Well, let me tell you didn't... why. Okay, yep, go ahead. So the Vikings, if you watch that last drive, they were in a prevent defense where they pretty much were saying, we're going to let you get this field goal. In fact, they didn't bring a big pass rush on Breeze where they could have brought the house and really risked it and tried to push them out of field goal range towards the end of regulation. It seemed like he was pretty content with sitting on the ball offensively and then defensively letting the Saints 
get that field goal try. Now, Will Lutz did miss a field goal earlier in the game, so there was no given that he was going to hit a 45 or 48-yard field goal or whatever he hit. I mean, props to him. That was a big kick. 49, 49. 49, yeah. yeah. So big kick. But, I mean, look, let's just say that the Saints do win that coin toss. Now the Vikings defense hasn't gotten any break off the field and has had to play two possessions in a row, one where they let them come down and kick that field goal. I thought Zimmer was getting a little, playing it a little too close to the vest there. I would have liked to see him try to go a little further with that win. Now, Kirk was awesome in overtime. Uh, Connor was texting us about Kirk's a great quarterback in overtime. No one talks about it. Another shout out to Khan right there. I don't, I don't think he actually knew that. I think he was just <laughs> saying that to try and get some confidence in the chat for Kirk. <laughs> but Kirk was fabulous in overtime. I just thought it was a little dangerous because I would have rather, especially on the road in that situation. Now, had you said to Zimmer, you're going to go to overtime against the Saints, before the game, I think he would have taken it, especially given that eight-point spread. But I I was a little surprised that he didn't try to finish that game off a little more aggressively. And that's a mistake a lot of coaches and teams make, isn't it? We, we yeah. see this so often um, when teams have leads. You know, you play these prevent defenses that leave consistent holes for nice 10-yard gains over the middle over and over. Um, and offensively, it's always the run-run pass. Run, run, pass. Let's run Dalvin Cook up the middle twice, get two <laughs> yards, and then tr- trust Kirk to make a big play on third and eight. Um, that's kind of the the strategy we see with a lot of these teams and, and what's very, very frustrating at times. I mean, I saw like a third and 17 where they had a halfback draw to Amir Abdullah. <laughs> and I think, now looking at the box score, that was Abdullah's one carry of the game. <laughs> so he just came in for a huge third and 17. But yeah, I mean, that that's one of those. And third and 17, maybe that, that changes things a little bit. Maybe you try and run a screen or something, but you just don't want to make a mistake in that. But if you're in a manageable, like third and six, third and seven, third and eight, or even, you know, you get two on first and you're in second and eight, you don't have to run the football up the middle again for two more yards. Um, you do see that a lot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a very, very interesting strategy down the stretch, but it did end up working out in Zimmer's favor. Uh, Jack, would you consider him being bailed out a little bit? (laughs) It sounded like you were almost, (laughs) well, I wouldn't go that far. I think, I think it's all a game of odds. What odds are you rolling with? And he liked the He liked his team in overtime and look, now the Vikings didn't, maybe they would have just let held the Saints to a field goal in that situation where the Saints start with the ball. And then we get the same offensive result from the Vikings. It looked like they were going to come down the field and score regardless based on the way they were playing. So I don't want to, I don't want to go that far, but I was just, I think I was more just surprised by the way he was coaching that game. Gotcha. And it, on the Vikings side of things, you mentioned Kirk and OT. I do want to touch on one player specifically in the Minnesota offense. And yes, Kirk was fantastic, especially when it mattered most. Um, I I think I read he had eight first downs passing or something along those lines compared to like Breeze's two. So there was a big difference on third down, which is a uh, always one of the money downs and always very crucial um, in playoff games. But I do want to touch on Adam Thielen, Jack, because he had a very, very bad fumble early that handed Breeze three points. Um, and then another crucial drop on a third down, I believe, 
But apart from that, Adam Thielen in this game was absolutely magnificent. If you go back and look at the highlights from this game and the big plays um, and the big passing downs for Minnesota, I think four out of every five of them are to Adam Thielen. He finished the game with seven and 129. He had the monster play in OT to set up the winner. Um, Thielen, really, after that first fumble, he, he was consistently open <laughs> throughout yeah. the game. Uh, so big shout out to Adam Thielen because I know coming into this game, he was a little rusty. He had some bad games down the stretch of the regular season. I think that sitting him in that week 17 game and Minnesota sat, sat the majority of their starters because they were the sixth seed regardless. I think that week off really did wonders for Thielen because he was great in this game. Um, and when you have a corner like Marshawn Lattimore, who's probably going to shut down your one, which Diggs did not have a good game in this game, that's where your two really needs to come up big. And uh, Thielen did that throughout. Yeah, Diggs, there was some fireworks there on the sideline. <laughs> you see that often when number one receivers aren't getting the ball off very much. <laughs> Kirk made a huge throw there in overtime. That was a perfect throw. And I really want to just put a little more respect on his name after this game. I think the thing that everyone has said is always, you've heard it, and it became a, it seemed like last year was really when it became this big thing. Kirk can't win the big game. He can't win the big game. This was only his second ever playoff game. I think that shows a couple of things. Number one, this he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities in the playoffs. Number two, when he got in the playoffs before, it was with a Redskins team that was maybe average at best. Would you agree on that? Yeah, and, and along with that, the whole big game thing. Can we stop considering like Monday night football games like big games? <laughs> Like in reality, like I get it. He's 0-8 on Monday Night Football or whatever it is. But is a Monday Night Football game really any different than a Sunday one o'clock when it comes down to it? I mean, I would also say that Monday Night Football is probably the if you were looking at the big, let's say the the primetime game on Fox, the primetime game on CBS, the primetime game on NBC. I think the Monday night game is the one that the fans cared the least about, too. I was about to say that. There's more eyes now that everybody's watching Red Zone. <laughs> There's more <laughs> eyes on those 1 o'clock games, no doubt about it, probably, than yeah. there are the Monday night game. In most cases, unless you have a key fantasy matchup for that Monday night game, you got to pay attention to. And in terms of viewership, I mean, the really where Monday night benefits is it's the only game that's on that night. No, that, that is most. I mean, there's a lot of bad Monday night games. We yeah. get. I feel like at least half a year. We're like, are we really forced to watch these two teams tonight? <laughs> but we will. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sometimes I will. Sometimes I'm out. Sometimes I, I'm watching reruns of reality shows. I can't say I'm, I'm doing that on a Monday <laughs> evening. <laughs> Normally Monday night football's on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that is one thing. Like they always say Kirk can't win the big game. You made a great point there. He's one and one in playoff games now, right? Yeah, that's correct. And so, the one sudden, game that he played was at Lambeau. He threw for 300 yards. I mean, it, it wasn't like he's been abysmal. And probably is a heavy underdog in that game as well. Yeah. Like the Redskins were never great teams. No, they just so, had a good coach and a good quarterback. That was it. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's a very fair point. He hasn't played in that many big games. <laughs> yeah. And last year, I, last year, he got a lot of criticism. I think some of it was a little fair. But the thing is, their offensive line was so bad. And then this year, you give them give him a manageable offensive line. Not that this isn't a, 
a top half offensive line, but it's an offensive line that you can play with. And he, all of a sudden you just see what he did in new Orleans. It was, it was great to see. And I think this is just a trend that we get all the time in sports. When a guy has not done anything huge on the big stage, people just make this big thing. Oh, he, he can't do it. He can't do it. And it's like, you know, this is, Kirk's only his fifth year as a starting quarterback in this league too because he spent three years behind RG3 yeah exactly and you know what also helps is you know having a big time feature back for a full season yeah Uh, Dalvin Cook's been banged up I mean they drafted him in uh, 2017 I believe he tore his ACL early in his rookie season and then was banged up all year last year I think he only played nine ten games a year ago Um, so to finally get Dalvin Cook back there for a full season, and that's another guy who can catch passes out of the backfield along with, obviously, an elite runner. Um, you know, the, those two things, a little buff up on the line and, and getting get cooked for a full 14, 15 games, all of a sudden that makes a big difference. Did you see that gif I tweeted out about Kirk winning and everyone else freaking out? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm going to send you this gif right now. I'm going I'm to text it to you. So live on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's do this. This will be funny. Okay, so I said this is me while everyone else watches Kirk win a playoff game. Okay, I'm waiting on the text to come through. It's like these two girls who are in absolute shock and one guy is just smiling slowly. Did it come through? There it, we go. Yeah, it just came through. It's <laughs> just <laughs> Were you the guy in the middle? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> With the two girls around you, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be clear, that was from Survivor. It wasn't like there was anything really crazy happening. Uh, but there was some sort of a twist revealed. And those those women were like, oh, my gosh, no way. And the, the dude loved it. He was like, ah, I'm all for it. That's actually that's a very fitting gift, especially if it's you in the middle. Because that's probably exactly what you would do. You were probably scrolling Twitter and just had that smile on your face the entire time. <laughs> just looking for the, You would probably watch the you like that video, the updated you like that video, which, why the, which by the way, we do need to comment on was absolutely Oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah, tell us that about was, it. I actually, I found out about that. I was over at my buddy's house watching the second game, and then you guys were texting me about it. So I only got to watch it once. But that was pretty yeah, great. And then, and then you played it again and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually haven't, but now I'll probably have to all week long. Yeah, so Kirk's in a, Kirk's in the locker room, and he's talking about how everybody was doubting him, whatever. And then he said he has three words, and then he drops the the classic, you like that, which <laughs> is, the if you haven't seen the video, that is a must-watch. Kyle Rudolph, right after the game, is being asked, well, how does this win feel? And he he just calls him out right away. He's like, I've been hearing a lot of people say Kirk can't win the big game. And he should have said, he should have said, you like that? That would have been perfect to follow <laughs> that up. No, those are Kirk's words. Only Kirk can say them. <laughs> All right, a couple more things to touch on with this game. Kyle Rudolph, big touchdown catch. I don't understand, because I saw this later, I, I know the guys on the Sunday Night Football crew, uh, their uh, their pre and post show. Those guys thought that that was a pass interference call. I really did not see it. I mean, I think in those we've been shown so many times in those moments, the refs swallow their what whistles, whether it's in big basketball games, whether NBA or college, where they kind of let the guys play and get a little physical, or if it's in the NFL. 
and there's a jump ball like this one. And it, to me, it looked like there was contact from both players, too. Yeah, and I mean, if uh, it's the type of call, really, that if you're going to call it there, you're going to see pass interference on pretty much every other play. <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, there's always contact like that. I do think Rudolph, like the, the argument was Rudolph fully extended the arm, um, and it looked like he potentially did a little bit. But that's one of those bang, bang, corner of the end zone plays where, you know, the corner's making contact, too. So I think not not blowing the whistle there was definitely the right call. Yeah, and I'm glad that we didn't have a review because I like when you just get the moment of, like, walk-off, touchdown, celebration. Not touchdown, now we got to wait 10 minutes, and then we can verify the celebration. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I don't like replay slowing down excitement. You see that a lot in baseball now. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing is, if you're a Saints fan, whether you want to say that was pass interference or not, so let's say they do call pass interference, the Vikings still very well could have scored a touchdown on that drive because I believe that was second down. So now you're looking at a second down and long or whatever, and it didn't look like the Saints were going to stop that offense. Even if they did, Vikings are going to kick a field goal. It's not like that was the one determining factor that kept your team from losing. Your team had so many other opportunities, and it, it's very different from last year. And even last year, I thought they had opportunities that they kind of goofed up. They got the ball in overtime. I don't think you can complain too much about it. Yeah, I agree. I I think it was very, very different from a year ago just because that specific play completely impacted the game. Whereas, and it was so egregiously so, yeah, obvious. That's, that's where I'm going. So, yeah, it's so odd. Like, it, it, that has to be called. But this year, I think it was more of a bang-bang play. Um, that It's one of those that could probably have gone either way, honestly. Yeah. So are the Saints fans going to uh, boycott the Super Bowl again this year? I have not seen nearly as much of that this Thank post this game. So I think we're okay. I think we'll have the Saints fans watching with us, Jack. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank goodness. All right. Let's talk about... We got two other games to talk about. These were the games that were fun to watch. Yep. Not necessarily bad TV, but didn't carry the same level of excitement for either of us going into the games. I think we were... While we didn't call these games right, we at least called which games were going to be the good ones. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think in turn, we had these both three and four as our excitement, right? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So we were right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess you could say, uh, not if you're a Bills fan, but the Texans probably <laughs> were very, very excited with the way that game ended. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was an overtime game, but it was such a messy, weird end of regulation. I just couldn't believe it. You got fourth and 27. Your team's down a field goal. And it would be, I think it was a 57 or a 58-yard try, right? Yep. So what's the likelihood of you hitting from 58 or 59? I, I don't know what the exact numbers Important are. Important to note, but, too, you're in a dome here. <laughs> yeah, you're in a dome. You're in a dome. I know you're on the road, but let's say, is there a 50% chance that you hit that? Maybe probably a little less, but even 40? then, even then, it it is no doubt higher than your chances at converting a fourth and twenty seven. Yeah, because fourth and twenty seven, that, that's like a nine percent chance. And that's what that was the play where before that Allen got sacked. Correct? Uh, it was like it was the, he got sacked on. But didn't he? Did he get sacked on the fourth and twenty seven? Uh 
I don't know if he actually got sacked, but he went very far back. Like he dropped back 20 yards, and I can't remember if he actually got sacked or if he threw the ball away or what happened. But oh, I, yeah, I think it was it wasn't in. Yeah, okay, I remember correctly now. Okay, yep. Um, but yeah, there were there were a couple plays just down the stretch of that game. Um, there was one, I think it was that third down where Allen got blitzed right off the start and all he had to do, like right when you see they were in field goal range initially before the, the third down play. Um, and he should have just gotten rid of it right away because there was a a guy essentially came unblocked. So that's the type where you just throw it away to the sideline, you move on. Um, but he didn't, he held it. And I can't remember if he get was there an intentional grounding on that. Play? Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was intentional grounding on the play. He like went to throw it right as he got sacked. And the ball didn't go anywhere. Um, but that was like a huge play, Jack. Where if he throws that ball away, they have a pretty clean look at a field goal. Um, yeah. And then instead, you get the intentional grounding call, and now you're fourth and whatever. It was <laughs> fourth and twenty seven, and you still kind of have a look at a, a field goal and. Uh, yeah, it was just very questionable down the stretch of that game. A, a lot of things with the Bills. Um, and to be quite honest, Jack, pretty much in that second half from them, um, because you headed into halftime with a 13 nothing lead, all the momentum. You score first in the third quarter, so it's 16 nothing. Um, granted, they did have to settle for a lot of field goals. They did not finish their drives, and that's a lot of times in playoff games where you're like, uh, you know, even up, even if you're only, but when you're only getting field goals, you're like, oh, we should have finished one of these drives that could come back to haunt us. Um, and in this game, it definitely did. Yeah. And I was wondering, as you brought up intentional grounding, I hadn't really thought of this, but I thought of this as I was watching the game. If you were playing quarterback and a guy is pass rushing you and he's got like, sometimes you see them with their arms up because they're trying to tip the pass. Could you yeah. throw the ball off that defensive player's leg like a like you would a, a basketball play where you're trying to throw it off a guy to make it go out, out of bounds off of him? Do you think you could do that? Um, Like make it look like you're trying yeah, to hit get, a guy, but you're, you're getting saying. swallowed up? I get what you're saying. The only question is, I mean, maybe um, my only question is, does it have to maybe hit their like the upper their upper part of their body? So it has a chance of. Yeah. Like, would you could you chuck it at the guy like right on his side? Like, yeah, I I, don't know. I am not sure. <laughs> but regardless, yeah, very, very questionable. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking stretch of that game. If there is a way, if you could do a basketball type of tactic to help yourself out in those situations, obviously, it risking. May depend, yeah, it may depend on maybe if they're like the same as intentional grounding. If you hit somebody in the legs like that, like is there a receiver yeah. anywhere in the vicinity? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's what I'm wondering is yeah. because it'd be like at your release, you're basically throwing it at right at the guy as he's <laughs> right about to get you. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever seen that happen to be yeah. to have an idea. That's All right, if you're a quarterback and you're listening to this, try it. I want to see what yeah. happens. Send me yeah. a YouTube clip. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the Texans win this game, and this was the only game I got right from the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Are you bragging here, Jack? No, no. <laughs> I I missed on this game, I'll admit it. <laughs> yeah. I, I basically just took the, the home team and... That was pretty much what happened. It, the Texans were favored by three and ended up being a push because they won by three in overtime. Home field played a factor. It was cool to see Watt have a couple moments in this game because I know Watt 
was injured and he's a little banged up. And he's also been criticized in big games too. Yeah, sometimes he's disappeared, but I can't even believe he played in this game with his he's yeah. playing on like a what is it? Is it six weeks from a torn peck or something along those lines? Yeah. And he was able to not only play in this game, but definitely had an impact too. He almost intercepted a pass really early in that game, Jack, and went right through yeah. his hands. And then he had the big time sack on third down later. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see Watt make a couple plays. All right. Anything else on this game? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, All right. Apart from Hop- Hopkins with that number one corner on him that I thought would kind of shut him down. Hopkins had a couple big plays in that second half. So he kind of showed how good of a receiver he is and kind of spoke to that top three in which he's always talked about. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson got his first career playoff victory. Josh Allen did not. But while Josh Allen made some some bad plays, he also made some great throws. I guess my one takeaway on the Bills, they got to get him some receivers who can catch the ball, who have a little more size. I know they have one of the shortest receiving cores in the whole league. You got to get him a true number one target. I know Chris Collinsworth a few weeks ago was bagging on Allen Robinson with the Bears. I couldn't believe that. He was saying Allen Robinson wasn't a true number one. Could you imagine Allen Robinson with Josh Allen? How Allen Robinson would be an all pro potentially? I think I, I think I'd feel even more sorry for Allen Robinson than I did before, knowing you went from Bortles to Trubisky to Josh <laughs> Allen. <laughs> Please get me Rob a real quarterback. <laughs> I went too far there. Josh Allen, I would have him above both of those guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think A-Rob should definitely try and find himself in a better uh, quarterback situation with his next. I don't think A-Rob has much of a choice because he's not under contract. He, yeah, not until he hits free agency again. <laughs> yeah, but he needs to find his. The Bears went out, got some weapons for Trubisky. Bills need to do that for their quarterback because their window right now, you do see the Patriots. What are they going to be? I don't expect the Dolphins or the Jets to take any gigantic leaps. Maybe the Jets... I, they ended up around seven and nine. Maybe they maybe they win a couple more games next year. Maybe they're not bad, but Dolphins are going to be in this rebuild for a little longer. Their window with a rookie quarterback contract, their window is now. Get them some weapons, and I think you could see a lot of exciting stuff from this team next year. Yeah, they're in a really good spot too because they have a very good defense, but a lot of their defense is young. So a lot of their defense is on those young contracts too. Um, so they have some cap space to play with. So whether they go out and get a true number one, whether they add to that defense, uh, I think you're going to see Buffalo have some big time roster moves both this off season and next. Can you imagine if Antonio Brown actually ended up there? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been interesting. <laughs> I don't know. If, oh, I, I don't know how AB would have liked Josh Allen either. <laughs> if Dude, he's he, not I... getting in every other play, he's not a happy camper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to. Yeah, understand. let's not go. Let's not go into the head of Antonio Brown. <laughs> I did he tweet after the Patriots game because I feel like he would have tweeted some gold after that. He tweeted something that he was only ever playing football again if Tom Brady was his quarterback. Uh, I don't know if that was during <laughs> the game, after the game, um, but that was the one tweet that I saw for maybe during <laughs> during that, that game. <laughs> So, Jordan, you and I both went 1-3 and three on our picks this week. Let's move over to the game that you got right. Seattle Seahawks winning on the road in Philly. Really, I feel like we lost. This game was over in the first quarter. As much as I love Josh McCown, and I think he's one of the better backups in this league, I just did not see 
him winning that game after if he had gotten maybe a full week of reps in that backup position, expecting a start. We've seen what this team has done with a backup quarterback before, but I think that sucked a lot of the life out of them early on in that game. Yeah, such an unfortunate play. Um, I don't want to dive too much into whether I thought it was, you know, an an ill-advised hit or anything along those lines, but I didn't love the hit. I'll say that. Um, And obviously it had a huge impact in the game. But yeah, I don't... I don't even know with a week if it would have mattered. I mean, McCown's what he's got to be up near Brady's age, right? He's forty. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Um, so he, I mean, he was serviceable. He was okay in this game. They just and he was making plays on his feet too. Yeah, they just couldn't finish off drives, and that was kind of the difference. They needed one more big time play, and they just weren't able to find it. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think once that went in, once injury occurred, it kind of took the energy out of this one, and it was kind of just like, yeah, the Seahawks will win this game, and it kind of fit with what I was talking about Seattle this year kind of skating by not really blowing out teams that they could really put away 10 out of their 11 wins they won by one score or I could say one score or less (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh no they they won 10 out of their 11 games by one score here they did again 17 to 9 I just couldn't believe they didn't put this Philly team away and I wonder if that, if you were a Seattle fan, does that make you, does this game make you feel better or worse about your title aspirations? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because now with the win, they head to Lambeau next week. Um, and obviously that's not an easy place to play. Yeah, and there's um, some history between those two teams too. There is too. indeed. There is indeed. Um, but I mean, you saw pretty much what makes the Seahawks the Seahawks in this game. Um, with the way Russ played, I thought Russ played a very nice game Threw for over 300 scored, had a couple really nice runs. It's just what Russell Wilson does. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't think you're, I don't think, I mean, I don't know how confident I really was in Seattle winning a game after this one to begin with. Um, but I don't think this game made me any more confident in them moving forward. I think that's the way I'm going to put it. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. They really almost, they came very close to losing that game. And this is a team that a lot of people have actually in their Super Bowl. Have you, there's a lot of hype on this team. Have you heard from those people? I, I, I mean, I've seen some of it. Um, I'm not really sure where it comes from because watching this team, really, apart from Russell, um, and I mean, they do have some receivers now that, you know, obviously Metcalf had a big game in this, and Lockett's a good receiver. Uh, but they, they have like their running game is like non-existent post the Carson and Penny injury. Um, and again, I'm not huge on their defense either. So yeah, I, I, I've seen a little bit of hype from them. Um, but being what, what are they? They were a five seed. Now they have to play road games the rest of the way, unless Kirk somehow pulls it (laughs) off. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just a very, very tough road when you potentially have to play three straight road games to get to a Super Bowl. Can we? Do you want to start previewing these games? Do you want to start with this Seattle Green Bay yeah, game? Yeah, let's dive right into it. I've do got you have the you. schedule? In yeah, front of you? I've got you. Green Bay and Seattle's the last game for uh, five forty on Sunday. Okay. So oh, wow, this is a prime time game. Yeah, it is the prime time game. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it was. I think they had kind of pre-scheduled in terms of. I don't know if they had decided who plays at what time or any of that, but they were definitely going to play on Sunday. We knew that. 
Yeah, it looks like Kirk was. Remember, we discussed last week how one team was going to have to play a day early. Like, yeah. they have, it's Kirk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they play the first game on Saturday against the Niners. All right, so we got. We'll start with this game, even though it's the last game, and for whatever reason, it's a primetime game. We can talk about how we, what games we look at. I mean, I do think this is a good game because I think these teams really. I haven't been overly impressed with either Seattle or Green Bay, and I think that's what makes them a good match. Yeah, I think this is kind of, I'm with you here, Um, because, I mean, I was big on Green Bay heading into the season, and I think a lot of what I thought they would do well, they did do well. Um, I will say I do find them a little bit more dangerous. I didn't think their run game would be as good as it was, Yeah. Um, and Aaron Jones has turned into an actual big-time piece for them, Um, and he's also pretty good in the passing game, or receiving game as well. so I think that's the one element where I kind of has surprised me about Green Bay. Um, they didn't impress me, but then again, Jack, they won a very tough division. Um, yeah. And they get a, a, a bye and then a home game here. Um, so I will say that even though, you know, maybe they haven't lit it up like you would expect maybe a two seed two heading into the playoffs, like it, maybe you're looking at Kansas City on the other side. Um, I do feel pretty confident in the Packers here in a home game. I feel like, and maybe this is, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, I think you could end up seeing the two best teams in the NFC, at least in these playoffs, playing in the other NFC game this week. So you're saying you would take the Vikings over the Packers? Hmm. Is, is that what you're I mean, saying? I, I didn't... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think... I, think okay, okay, that... I would not be surprised if the winner of that Vikings-Niners game is the nfc representative in the super bowl oh okay i see where you're going what was the didn't the, did the packers beat minnesota twice in the regular they did. season yes okay okay that would be my one worry with your projection well that there. that would make me more confident in minnesota or i guess the whole you can't beat a good team three times is that what you're yeah gonna i mean it's <laughs> it's tough because i mean yeah no it is i it play is. baseball and there were a couple couple of years where we took a team twice in the regular season, and then we'd lose them in the playoffs. And it was the most frustrating thing ever, just because it'd be that one game. Like, there was one team that we won a slaughter rule. Both games, we played them, and we meet them in the playoffs, and they're just peaking at the right time. And we get a couple of bad bounces, a couple of bad breaks, and we end up losing. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's... There's definitely some truth to that, but it's it also could very easily be a mental game there um, with the yeah. Viking. And I don't know if those games weren't overly close, right? I think the Pack won. The first game was close. The first game was close. Okay, 21-16 in Lambeau, and then they went to Minnesota and beat them 23-10. Yeah, um, weird game. And that was kind of, wasn't that the division determined well, as even well? if the Vikings had won, they still needed the mm-hmm. Lions to win the following week. So I actually don't really know, and maybe this isn't a fair uh, take. Well, maybe this isn't a fair defense Mm -hmm. of the Vikings in that game. Would you be entirely shocked if Zimmer was like, okay, even if we win this game, we still aren't going to win the division, and we might have to play this team again. Do we want to pull out all the stops against them? Well, I don't think Dalvin Cook played in that game. Yeah. So that's one obviously big piece. Um, I don't think so you, Madison did either. 
No, yeah, they, that was the game they went with Boone because it was, yeah. it was a big DFS play that week. <laughs> <laughs> he was who everybody wanted to boom. Um, okay, so yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Um, I don't agree with you though. Um, in terms of, I don't think I. I think the Packers would definitely. I would definitely pick the Packers over the Vikes if it came to that. All right, we need to get this matchup now. I, yes. I really. It's like what our podcast. Going back to our preview show has been building up to all year. Wait, wait, what? Because we were debating Vikings Packers uh, on our oh, preview show. I see show. what you're saying. I see what you're yeah. saying. So you you want that to happen? Yeah, let's get in the AFC title game. That'd be awesome. Listen, when it matters most, one of us can be right and one of us can be wrong. Exactly. That's what we <laughs> okay. need. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. We may need that. I'll agree with you. So, are we both taking Packers in the Seahawks game then? Yeah, I'm taking the Packers. I like them at home. I think we're going to see a little bit of Rodgers magic here. I think it's going to be a good amount of points. Not not a, a true shootout, but I, I'm going to go. I see four. A 46. 46 is the over. Under. Oh, okay. Yeah, Packers, okay. Packers minus four, though. Okay. Oh. That All is, right. a, that is an go. interesting number. <laughs> Packers, let's say Packers... No, no one went over thirty this week. We thought we were going to get Vikings and Saints over thirty. Yeah, in terms of whole, uh, one team scoring thirty. Yeah, I, I think guess. all four games last week were the unders. Wow. Yeah. Tough week for it's, over betters. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? What's the score going to look like in this game? Yeah, I don't think this is going to be overly high scoring. I'm going to be honest with you. This feels like one of those kind of grinded out games. Um, yeah where you might get a very slow start from both teams, and then all of a sudden they kick it into gear. Um, I think the Packers win this game. I like it pack in mid-20s, so maybe 24-20 I could see. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little more comfortable for the pack, and it was something like 27-17. You think maybe a late Wilson drive to maybe make that a one score game potentially or something along those lines yeah potentially maybe he gets a chance there and then the packers end up uh scoring again to kind of put out reach yeah i think the pack i mean this is one of those scenarios where a lot of times when you have russell wilson that's your advantage you have wilson over whoever the other quarterback is they don't have an advantage here with rogers especially at home um i like the pack in both phases in terms of i like the packs offense better and i like the packs defense better um but I do think Russ is good enough to hang around in this game. And again, like we've mentioned, like the pack haven't been dominating team. No. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised that this is pretty close. I like Packers, Packers 24, 20. I would feel a little better about Seattle with the run game. I would agree. Yeah. If they had a more dynamic run game and since green Bay does have a more dynamic run game, I think that can really change things up. I'm just really excited to see Aaron Rodgers back in the playoffs. Cause it's been, it's been a, the last time we saw him was three years ago. Uh, can you believe it's been that long that year that they went, ended up playing in the NFC title game in Atlanta? Yeah, that is a, why that is, well, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. <laughs> <laughs> the important note, uh, you mentioned the Seahawks run game. We didn't touch on this much when we were talking Seahawks Eagles. Their two running backs, Marshawn Lynch and Homer, they ran for 18 carries for 19 yards. Wow! So they're oh gonna have. I, I think they're gonna have to be a lot better. The run game is gonna have to be a lot better in this game. What did Russ run for? Russ ran for 45 on nine carries. <laughs> so pretty he, good. He yeah he he nearly tripled his running backs performance. I think getting the Vikings in the NFC title game would be. We either get that 
Kirk versus Russell comparison that I was making last week. And I wasn't saying that Kirk was better than Russell, just the fact that I think those guys are both really, really good mm-hmm. and a little closer together than people might realize. And just the link that they share going back to Wisconsin versus Michigan State being the same draft. I think there are a lot of really cool storylines if they were to play each other in the AFC title game or if we got that Vikings Packers showed up that you and I are really wanting to see happen. So two intriguing matchups that both include your boy, Kirk. <laughs> Do we yeah. know who you're picking here, Jack? Are you leading well, something on the other side? <laughs> we got to talk about it a little bit. So this is Jimmy Garoppolo's first playoff start of his career. Mm-hmm. Maybe he continues that trend of quarterbacks getting their first career playoff win. I don't know. Uh, but I know you're not, you haven't been huge on San Francisco this year. They have a great defense. I think this is going to be, this will be a lower scoring game, in my opinion, than the Packers and the Seahawks game. Um, I don't think so, actually. Oh, okay. I don't think so. I think uh, I think the the Niners' offense is actually underrated. Um, yeah, kind of in in a way. I think a lot of people think they're good, but I haven't necessarily thought they're good. But they fixed their running <laughs> game over the past couple weeks, um, and they have some real kind of quietly good receivers too. Debo Samuel's Samuel is a rookie. He's had a great year. Emmanuel Sanders is playing for them now. Um, and Kittle, obviously Kittle is their main attraction offensively. So they actually have a lot of pieces. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a lot more high scoring than what I just had at 24, 20. Um, but I do think the winner of this game will be upper twenties. Yeah, I think so. I, I think the Vikings defense played extremely well against the saints. Um, and while their trip out West obviously isn't nearly the trip that, you know, an East coast team has to make, um, I still don't think going out West is ever a fun time. (laughs) No, it's not. And that's why we got, we got to give some credit. Although the Seahawks did have some things go in their favor to go all the way across the country three hours ahead of time and win that game in Philly. I don't, like you said, that travel can really be tough. So we got to give the Seattle props for that. And it it could be tough for them to also go on the road to green Bay. Mm -hmm. That's a, I feel like if you're a West coast team, or an East Coast team, if you're not in the middle of the country, it's even tougher to be a wild card team. It's more important for you to win your division. Oh, no doubt about it. You need at least one home game somehow, some way. Because if you if you have to potentially play three road games, you could very easily play well, in three very different locations. Yeah, yeah. Think about yeah. the idea of just going all the way across the country to all these different venues. Whereas Minnesota is going to have to go on the road, but at least they're not going all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast. Yeah. They're somewhere in between. Very true. Very true. Yeah, I see where you're going. I agree. Where would you rank this game in terms of interest for you? Ooh, I tell you what, Jack, this is a great set of four games. <laughs> I really yeah. I really do like it. Um, uh, I'm, I'm actually struggling to rank these in terms of excitement. Um the Niners don't overly excite me. So that might hold this game back. This might, this is probably third or fourth for me. Oh, okay. This is number one for me. Really? I think I'm more excited about the NFC matchups to tell the truth. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, the, the two AFC matchups both have the heavier favorites. Yeah. Um, but I will also say the two AFC matchups also have the more explosive offenses. So it's just a matter of which way you're looking at it. 
All right, so San Francisco is favored by seven in this game. It seems like the same type of thing we saw last week. I thought going into New Orleans, winning on the road, was going to be tougher than going to, oh my, I almost called it Candlestick Park. I know they're not <laughs> Candlestick anymore. They're in Santa Clara. I can't remember the name of their field. But, I mean, wouldn't you think that that would be a tougher game and despite winning that game, San Francisco is still favored by seven points. So you're saying you think at new Orleans would have been a tougher game. Yeah. Yeah. I almost, I almost think so. I told you last week, I I thought the saints and this looks horrible. Now I thought the saints were kind of my favorite to come out of the NFC. Yeah. Um, Same. um, Yeah. And you were along with me there. So yeah. And given the home field advantage too, you know, obviously New Orleans is seen as a very, very tough place to play. And we haven't really seen San Francisco at this level in terms of play, huge monster playoff games since, what, the Harbaugh era with Kaepernick? Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, I would say probably heading in and the spread is, what, a little bit lower? So that's interesting. They they actually have the spread bigger for the three-seed Saints than they do the one-seed Niners here. Well, just by a point, though. Yeah, cause... just by a point. It, I mean, it's obviously close. Um, but still, I still find that even interesting then. And I think it probably, Jack, I think it was the performance a week ago. <laughs> I think the, or I guess a couple days ago, the well, Vikings. See, what I'm yeah. arguing is I'm, I would think after that performance, it would be San Francisco by like four. Gotcha. So you don't think the one seed rested, very good coach has any, you don't think that plays a role here? It does play a role. I just think that I think this game's going to be closer than the experts are looking at it as. I think this is going to be a great game. I it's the one that I'm the most excited for. Two really really good defenses, two really interesting coaches, and two quarterbacks who have stuff that they need to prove. Um or I don't know if they need to prove, but they have stuff to prove, and I think that sets up just a lot of excitement. Either Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins is going to be playing in the NFC title game this year. The only thing I worry about with this game is it's one of those, like, did the Vikings have their game of the playoffs yeah. last week? That's the only thing I worry about. Like, Cousins, he got over the hump. Does he struggle here in the second game? I actually like the nine. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to take the Niners and the seven points. I'm going to eat Oh, them. OK. What's I, your score? I think 31 thir- 21. OK, I'm going to go. With the upset here, I, I like. I think we're gonna see just the way these playoffs are already stacking up to be. We're gonna see a team make a nice run as a wild card, and I don't see that coming from Seattle. I see Minnesota getting the job done here. I think it's gonna be a close game. How about twenty four twenty three Vikings? Twenty four twenty three. That would be a heck of a run for Kirk Cousins if they pull this game out. <laughs> given the, I mean, given the point spread, like these, nobody, at least on the Vegas side, is expecting them to win either of these games. No. So if they're able to pull that out, that would be a very, very impressive run. Please don't do that just to lose to Aaron Rodgers <laughs> for a third time this season, Kirk. Don't do it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think we're going to get that matchup next week. I really hope we do. We'll see what happens. But uh, is there anything else from this game in terms of story that you're looking at that we didn't touch on? Or you want to move over to AFC? I think we're good. Good. Let's move to the AFC. All right. Which of these AFC games are you more excited by? Uh, Ravens-Titans. 
I actually would go with the other one. Yeah, I think a lot of people would. There's a specific reason I'm excited for Ravens Titans. Okay, what is that reason? <laughs> I think it's the same type of thing. I think the same type of thing we just saw in New England. Obviously, the Ravens have a different type of level offense. I think the Titans can kind of play keep away here, Jack, to where you keep Lamar off the field a lot. You run the football with Derrick Henry. But here's where I think this changes a little bit this week. I think Ryan Tannehill has a really nice bounce back game this week. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is a very close game. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be taking the Ravens here pretty heavily. Um, and I understand it. Uh, but this is a Titans team that since Tannehill take, took over has been on fire. And they've had some big wins. They beat the Chiefs. They've now beat the Pats. Um, they beat the Texans. Like this is some teams with some, some big time wins. And I think, I think they're as, as long as they're able to establish the run game early, which the way that offensive line played against new England, I think they're going to be able to, I think this is a very, very interesting and intriguing matchup. Um, so that, that's, that's why. Yeah. I feel like I'm just not, and I'm a little more excited about the quarterback matchup and the other matchup than this one. Yeah, I get that. This one, Ryan Tannehill just won his first career playoff game. Lamar has yet to win. I mean, it's only his second year. And that's a, see, and that's another angle as well in this game. Yeah. As good as Lamar was, I remember what he looked like in last year's playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Yeah. And Mark Ingram may be a little banged up in this game. You have to wonder, like, there's some question marks. I At least I have some question marks with this Ravens um, So team. I think... I think this is going to be a much closer game than they are projecting it at. As I believe the line opened up with Baltimore favored by nine and a half. I think this is going to be a close game, but I don't think it's going to be as high scoring. I think you could see something that's decided by a field goal and neither team hitting 20 points. So I think I'm more drawn to the shootout and the star power at quarterback in the other matchup. Uh, But I do like these kind of games, too. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Um, I do want to talk like the the one big advantage, and this is such a it's an advantage that nobody's going to really want to ever talk about in these, <laughs> in these games. I think Justin Tucker is such a weapon. I thought you were going to start talking about Lamar and where he places the football and no. get into all that mess. <laughs> no, because no, because it, this is last week we talked about the or we didn't, but we talked about it in our chat how the Titans kicker hadn't made a field goal all year or whatever, or like they brought him in. But having Justin Tucker is such a weapon in what I think is going to be a really, really close game. Um, and I think down the stretch, I, I think the Titans are able to keep it close throughout. But I wouldn't be surprised if down the stretch the Ravens got a little separation here. Um, what's the spread for this game? Nine. Nine. Uh, I would definitely take the Titans with nine. Um, I think it's closer than that. I, uh, I almost want to call an upset here, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm going to hang on. I think Lamar's good enough in this game. I think the Ravens have the better defense and they have the home field advantage. I like them in a very, very close game. 23-20. Okay. I got Ravens 17-13. So you think it's that low scoring? Yeah, I do. Wow. What, what about the tight? What you saw? Well, I guess, I mean, well, they you did talk about what are the keys for titans they're going to control time of possession play Mm -hmm. slow and grind it out on the ground 
I don't think that equates to a whole lot of points. I would agree with that. But do you think at some point in this game, like I feel like Tan- I feel like Tannehill has a much better game this week. Yeah. So I think the tight. I think the Titans have the ability to kind of run and gun if they have to in this game. Yeah, which we can could open see up that. some things. Yeah, which can open up some things for Henry. Yeah, we could see that. I just don't really know. The thing with Baltimore, I'm just really not sure because they they're coming off a week of not playing. I and think that, wait, lost... wait, wait, actually, now that we that was a great point you just brought up. It's been two weeks now because yeah. they didn't play in week 17 either. True. So, so there could be some ser- serious serious rust early in this game for Baltimore. Yeah. And the Titans are an on fire team. That's a sketchy situation for a one seed. I agree. I mean, that's what I like the fact of the hot team. And that's why I'm gravitating towards Minnesota. But you can make the same case for Tennessee in this instance. I think it's going to be a close game. And I really want to pick Tennessee. But the thing is, I don't want to sound like a biased idiot by not picking the Ravens in this game. So I'm going to give the Ravens the benefit of the doubt. But I don't think they're going to set the world on fire offensively, at least in the first half. I wouldn't be surprised if they started a little slow. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I do think one key to this game, maybe, we talk about how Derrick Henry can wear down a defense. I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Ingram and Lamar kind of wore down the Titans' defense as this game went on as well. Two great running games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, do you have anything else on this game? I don't. No, I I don't think so. I think the only thing is it might come down to which, through the air, which QB in that game can make more plays, whether it's Tannehill or Lamar. So we got another game here. Big spread. I think we are higher on these playoffs than Vegas is. We were we're calling a lot of close games. Yeah, we I called did. it last week, and we were. By the way, I think we were both undefeated, or at least I, I went three and zero in this three zero and one. You wanted me to know how you could We be, talked about that in the free show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you could say you went three zero and one when the whole world went zero and blank zero and one or whatever. <laughs> three zero and one. well, because, it comes down it comes down to the fact maybe somebody only took mainline. I took spread, <laughs> so I am taking that time. Even though I'm you didn't the even, push. you didn't even bet on the game. I know. And you picked uh you if you you made I a pick, a loser you had, too. Yeah, I picked a loser. So, so you did make a main pick, like as a a non-spread I did, I pick. Did, but I also tossed in my spread ballot. <laughs> and on my spread so ballot, funny. I had bills plus three. <laughs> I think it's so funny how you keep saying like, oh yeah, I went three oh and one on the spread. And it's like, would you, you rather me three and oh? Yeah. I'll give you the three oh, and oh. I went on, I went undefeated. Just erase the push. Everyone got it wrong. <laughs> so what did you go spread wise last week while we're on the topic? I went three and oh as well. Exactly. Yeah. So it was a very successful week for us. We called all these games to be closer than people expected. Now we didn't have the underdogs winning, but we we went with the we thought it was going to be close. And I think that's going to be the case in this Houston and Kansas City game as well because this is a nine and a half point spread favoring the Chiefs at home. I think I mean Houston already won in Kansas City earlier this season. They did. Now tough to replicate that, do it two times in a row, especially on the road. But You've got these two quarterbacks that came from the same draft, both of whom the Bears passed on to draft Trubisky. We don't have to go here. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to call this the Trubisky Bowl, which I think you were getting to. I wasn't going to go that far. I just had had to remind all of our Bears fans. Believe me, they all know. They all know. (laughs) Um, 
But the two premier quarterbacks from that draft, out of what we've seen so far in their third year, Mahomes is only a second year as a starter, but still. And Watson at one point was in the MVP talk for a little bit this year. So you got two really exciting quarterbacks. Could this potentially be the 2020s version of Brady and Manning? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it kind of depends on if the Texans are able ever able to kind of get a true raw, like a true talented roster <laughs> around Deshaun. Is it um, going to start out the way where Tom won like the first four matchups and then Peyton's going to kind of catch up towards the yeah. end? Yeah, I don't know. I, that is a good. These are definitely like if I was going to place a bet on like the two two of the top, maybe uh, what do you think? Three, four premier QBs of the 20s. The 2020s, holy smokes! Um, yeah, I would. I think these two would be right near the top of that list. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I think this is a good matchup in terms of you want to talk about future. I probably put this as my second most exciting matchup of the weekend. To me, this would probably be third. I think okay. I have Seahawks pack ahead. That's your so actually, that's your third, second third or fourth. Yeah, I think I would have third or fourth with the Vikings Niners. Okay, so but again, I would like go... all, like all, I'm not like all four of these games though, Jack. I, like ranking them in that way, like I, I am <laughs> fully locked in on all four of these games. I don't really have one that I'm. Well, if not you had to pick to. two that you could only watch two this weekend, what would the two be? That's a good way to put it. I would definitely go Ravens Titans and. Yeah, probably Packers, Seahawks. So basically, you just need... Uh, well, no, those are Saturday and Sunday. So basically, yeah, I got one of each. just watch the later games. <laughs> yeah, I, got, yeah. I, I can get my workout in, have a nice lunch, head <laughs> <laughs> right into the games. No, of course, you're going to watch all these games. For me, it's the Minnesota-San Francisco game, and then it's this Houston-Kansas City game. So I got a Saturday game and a Sunday game, which is good because we, we disagree. Yeah we, flipped. yeah, we have it completely flipped. Yeah. So who do you like in this game? I think uh, well, I really do like Kansas City more than any other team in these playoffs, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring shootout. This has the highest potential for a shootout out of any of the games. Could we agree on that? Yeah, it definitely should as well. It looks like the over-under is at 50.5, which is the highest. Oh, man. <laughs> Run and gun. Oh, dear. I don't know if oh, that's close. So I'll give, him, I'll give you my pick in a second, but I, I do like the Chiefs more than any other team. In the AFC, I think that Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl this year. Now, I did jinx. We both jinxed the Saints last week, so uh, yeah, we we'll did. see how right we are. <laughs> but I do like the but Chiefs. But you would take game. the Texans spread here, right? Like with the plus nine. I would. I think it's going to be closer than nine points. I mean, I would go ooh, something like, uh, ooh, let's see, 35-28. Okay, so you really have this as a running, absolute run and gun. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it, it completely makes sense as the highest over-under. I actually, I, I'm, uh, I don't know. The Chiefs would be right there towards the top of my list. Um, and I think Mahomes probably feels like he has something to prove now. Like, look, Brady and Breeze are out of this playoffs. This could yeah. be a throne-type run for Patrick Mahomes a little bit. Uh, Ooh. It could be. I, if he was able to make, go on a run here and win a Super Bowl, all of a sudden, I don't think there's much debate, right? Um, in terms of who would be the best quarterback right now. And obviously he's already in that discussion, but the ability to do it in the postseason would also um, extend that. Yeah, I think I think it would be his 
the title would be long to himself. Cause I mean, he's, he's really close to that. And I think you could debate a few guys, but yeah, if he won the Super Bowl, it'd be kind of like Kawhi winning the finals last year. Yeah. Kind of like the, well, yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Great uh, comparison. Okay. So I like the chiefs in this game, honestly, like heading into these playoffs. And I think I, you kind of got the sense of it last week with me. Talk. I wasn't, I'm not big on the Texans in this postseason. I like even watching last week, they kind of proved it. I, yeah. They're not well coached. Um, Deshaun, like I said, kind of bails them out. <laughs> and he kind of did that last yeah. week. I just think the Chiefs are so much more talented really across the roster. And I would take Patrick Mahomes over Deshaun straight up. Um, and apart from a, a, a DeAndre Hopkins, who kind of Tyree Kill has the ability to come close to matching, you look at across the board, J.J. Watt's banged up. So really, I mean, the Chiefs have quietly defensively played a lot better these past couple weeks as well, kind of heading into this postseason. They're rested. Andy Reid's had two weeks to prepare. Um, Andy Reid, by the way, is an extremely good coach off a bye, so I'm kind of looking at that in the same aspect. I really, really like the Chiefs in this game, and I kind of like them big, Jack. I I think the Texans are able to score points. Um but I think the Chi, like I like it, thirty-one twenty-one type game. Uh, I'm not sure this is gonna. I, this is like the one game. I'm not sure it's gonna feel close. Um, okay. I don't think it's gonna feel overly close. I think that this feels like a statement type game to me um, for the Chiefs. I think they're the far better. Interesting. Team. Yeah, I think they're the far so, better. So yeah, team. I'm saying I'm saying close games all around. And well, I guess I didn't go close on the Green Bay Seattle. That's the game I don't think will be. I, I had Green Bay by two scores, mm-hmm. and then and then I have I actually have both Vikings Niners and Texans Chiefs by double digits, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. interesting. I think, so well, you think... we had some great games last week. We're due for some. <laughs> we're due for some double digit games. I think. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it could be that we started twenty twenty on the right foot, and this is, ends up being a we're ringing in the new decade with a great sports year. I hope we. I hope that's the case i hope i'm wrong i got a little game here for you jordan yep all right we got eight teams remaining Mm -hmm. i want to do a draft with you where we are drafting teams we'll go back and forth in terms of most inch like best for the super bowl just not in the sense of who is the best team but who makes the best story for the super bowl who do you want in that super bowl more than anyone else okay do I get first pick? You want the first pick? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you the first pick. All right. Uh, I, I'll go with the storyline I was just going with. I think the Patrick Mahomes kind of take the throne moment. I think that would be a very big turning point for the NFL for him to overcome that, to finally get his first. And I think it would be the first of potentially many of the 2020s. <laughs> you took my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I'll go. I'll go second. Again, if you're looking at big quarterbacks in the draw, I think the Packers there with Rodgers would be great for the league. And especially if this was a matchup with all the State Farm commercials. Oh, boy. Oh, no, my. (laughs) (laughs) I actually just watched one. They're in it together. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the so. Okay, uh, that would be mine. My second pick. I got to go with the MVP. Um, I think the Lamar story would be just phenomenal um if he was able to end up winning a super bowl um obviously given 
how pretty much everybody kind of counted him out after that playoff game and what he's even able to do this season. If he was able to keep that going through a playoff run, I think that would be a magnificent story. All right. I got, can I get two in a row here? Snake style? Sure. So I would go Seahawks and Vikings up next. Cause I think Seahawks, you've had them in these games before Russell Wilson, star power there. I think with the Vikings, I mean, look, I've been giving them a lot of praise all podcast episode long, but I think you could get some good storylines there with Kirk Cousins and uh, that team, especially with the history. That team has never in its history ever won a Super Bowl. And the only teams in these playoffs left that have not ever won a Super Bowl, Minnesota, Tennessee, and Houston. Okay. So none of them are favorites this year. No, but they're all right. They're all here, which is all they're that all. Yeah, they're all here. They've never won a Super Bowl. So I, those would be my next two. Gotcha. Well, I'll I'll use that. But not only that reason, uh, I'm going to go with the Titans next. Uh, I think the Derrick Henry kind of backpacking a team <laughs> like yeah. in, in the whole running back doesn't matter type era. Um, I think if Henry was able to do that throughout an entire playoff run, I also think the Tannehill story of him overtaking Mariota would be kind of cool. Um, and then, yeah, I'll roll with the whole, the first Super Bowl. <laughs> Titans really haven't won a, Titans haven't won a Super Bowl? No. no yeah, they one, have. Though. Yeah, they played in the one. The, the uh, Mike was Jones down at tackle. The one, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll, I'll roll with the Titans. I'll let you have another one. No, you can I, have... I got my, uh, <laughs> wait, how many do I have? Do I have? There, you got three. Okay. So three. I'm going to let you get okay. the last one. I'll be stuck with the other one. Okay. So you you have the choice between Houston and San Francisco. Um, Jack, I just don't find the Niners really interesting. <laughs> Isn't I'm that a, funny? We have this is, whole the draft, and they're the <laughs> NFC team that we're the least interested in seeing, and they're it's, the one seed. It's just, look, they're a fantastic raw. Like from top to bottom, the roster is pretty much unreal. <laughs> but it, it's just not that much intrigue. I'll roll with the Deshaun Watson story. I mean, if he was able to carry this Texans team, whew, I think that would be a yeah. really, really cool. He would be overcoming so many negative parts of that roster. It's not even funny. So I'll roll with Deshaun as my fourth pick. And San Francisco. I guess I'm stuck with them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but the thing I would say is you would have one of the premier franchises of the sport uh, getting a resurgence to relevancy, which it hasn't been too long since they were there. It was about seven or eight years ago when they played the Ravens. We could get that matchup again as they're both one seeds. But it's just kind of funny to look at this. I was just really curious to see what we think is going to make for the most exciting storylines, especially now with the Patriots out. Yeah. So it looks like, I mean, you went Rogers and I went Mahomes, right? So there would be, it would most likely be that match. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. I think that that's pretty common. Yeah. I think with, we wanted breeze in there as well. And breeze is out. Thanks Kirk. (laughs) (laughs) So I, but I guess it's interesting just because Super Bowl viewership was down last year, which I don't make too much out of because look, World Series viewership was down, NBA Finals, like people are cutting the cord left and right. I like, don't viewership. And I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up those buff streams. 
<laughs> but if we got this Super Bowl that we had as our last two teams picked, Houston and San Francisco, would the same would there be the same amount of juice that we've had in recent years? I I honestly don't know if there would be. Uh yeah, maybe not. No, I, I don't know. I, I mean, there are some there would obviously be some cool storylines there like Sherman's back. Yeah. Um yeah, but there's just not as much intrigue with those two teams compared to a lot of these teams remaining. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because, I mean, some elements in terms of Super Bowl week, media day, the traditions that we have, it's all, all that stuff is exciting in itself. So the Super Bowl sells itself yep. as the Super Bowl. Of course. But, yeah, there's there's an extra layer of that when we do have those big faces and characters and the heel of the the patriots so i i don't know it's it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out no no two ways about it regardless of what eight teams are remaining i am no doubt looking forward to it (laughs) jordan do you know what happened with this super bowl halftime show i was hearing jay-z and beyonce all year and i just saw an ad the other day that it's like shakira Shakira yeah i was was gonna say it's shakira uh is j-lo is the other one yeah. Oh, that should actually be solid. I think. Eye <laughs> <laughs> candy, at least. <laughs> it's just funny. It seems like it's our, you know, we used to go with that Super Bowl halftime show in terms of music icons for 30 or 40 years. And now it's like Shakira. Are we going with like what was like? Yeah, I can't believe Shakira's not like what well, Shakira doesn't make like JLo makes more sense than Shakira. Yeah, I think. Shakira. Like, is it just hips don't lie on repeat? Is that? <laughs> yeah. Is it like the fifth or sixth or seventh most popular pop star in the year 2006? Is that what the <laughs> basis is now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll be kind of interested to see what Shakira performs because I can't name one other song from her apart from hips don't lie. Do you know what happened? She had that She Wolf song. Uh, you, 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 I'm not. I'm not good with song names. Yeah, it was. It was just very strange. It was a. It was She Wolf. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I'm not going to challenge you to look it up because it's not worth Thank your time. You. <laughs> uh, but you know, do you know what happened to Jay Z and Beyonce? Because I, it, at least Jay Z, I knew it was Jay Z. It probably has something to do with the whole rapper versus NFL thing. I know Jay Z <laughs> ended up working with the NFL in some way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, but it might have something to do with that. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Interesting. Well, I. I don't know what we're doing with this halftime show anymore. I feel like if we're going to do stuff that's kind of more recently popular, wouldn't it be cool to get a band like the killers or something like that? (laughs) I don't think the younger generation would enjoy that. Jack. Well, do you think, I mean, we don't think about it. Those are the, you have to think of the, the marketing aspect of it though. And it's all on social media. So like the marketing aspect of a killer's, that I just don't like. It's the same thing. Well, what, what was, was the, what was so great about Maroon Five, Jordan? Well, that's a great question. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say they were. <laughs> um, I what was the recent game? There who it was Imagine Dragons. Was that like a? They did a halftime show at a big game. Was it a college game last? Yeah, year or something? maybe. Uh, maybe they it was the like national championship Bowl. last year or something along those lines. But like it was, they just got absolutely brutally ripped on social media. And it's just because none of these, like nobody on social media, this younger generation, they don't like those old, like Imagine Dragons isn't old, but even like that type of music now, if it's not hip hop, it, it's not winning. So man, that's sad. Yeah, it is. It is kind of sad, but I think that's kind of probably what they're thinking. 
I uh, say let's go the opposite direction. Let's tick them all off and let's bring in a country act. Let's get oh, Brad Paisley. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Brad Paisley, Carrie Underwood. That would be pretty sick. That Yeah, I mean, I, can, I don't hate country. Yeah. Would the masses like it? Probably not, but... Well, I think I think Middle America would like it. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, that would. Regardless, um, that is a very. I can't believe Shakira's in it or doing it. I I, I, I don't know. But yeah, J-Lo is Shakira? Is anyone in the year twenty twenty clamoring for the Shakira? Like it, the the Jonas Brothers makes more sense than that. Or Miley Cyrus. Or she tosses on the wig for Hannah Montana for a couple songs. <laughs> now that'll go viral on social. That might be a good marketing scheme there. That actually would be. That would be good. Yeah. Like nostalgia sells. Yeah, that is very true. Especially with Disney Plus. Disney Plus. No two ways about it. <laughs> Well, Jordan, this was a lot of fun today. Uh, anything you'd like to plug or promote while you're here? You want to throw out that Twitter handle? Yeah, let's toss out the Twitter in case I actually just get some tweets out this weekend regarding the games. At <laughs> uh, <laughs> Real J Morandini is my Twitter. And yeah, Jack, that's all I want to promote. All right, sounds yeah. good. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll have you again during these NFL playoffs. Got to figure out the schedule. If not, I will certainly be talking with you in just a couple months for our MLB season preview. However, we want to do that. Yeah. Sounds good, Jack. Thanks for having me as always. And hopefully uh, it won't be too big a marathon the NFL one. <laughs> uh, the MLB preview is always a marathon. It will, it will be a marathon. <laughs> Previews uh, are marathons. 36 days until catchers Thank and pitchers God. report. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I had a blast, Jack. Thanks. Well, that does it for my conversation with Jordan Morandini on the first round of the NFL playoffs. Excited for what the divisional round has in store for us. Looking forward to covering some offseason baseball stuff, as well as the college football national championship and the divisional playoffs after the weekend. So plenty of fun stuff coming up on the podcast over the next week. You will not want to miss any of it. Subscribe to the Jack Vita show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcast and you will never miss an episode. You will always be notified whenever there's fresh content available. Thanks again to Jordan for joining and thank you to all of you for listening until next time. I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs> <laughs>